Before we begin the podcast, I'd like to acknowledge that I'm recording on stolen and unceded Gadigal land. The role of company of employees is to create the space and the energy and the motivation for that change to happen. So it's about building your allies inside the organization and finding ways to get buy-in from decision makers and finding ways to influence those decision makers. Welcome back to That's Hot, the podcast helping you get even hotter than you already are by giving you all of the information that you need to help the world get cooler. I'm Tegan and it's just me today. So if you've ever sat in your office and you've wanted to yourself... I wish this place was more sustainable. How can I influence my boss or my company to take stronger action on the climate crisis? Then this is the episode for you. Today, I'm chatting with one of the incredible people from an organization called Work for Climate. They're a not-for-profit that's growing a movement of climate influencers from inside companies in order to shift the broader business environment. How awesome is that? So let's get into it. That's hot. That's hot. That's hot. That's hot. That's hot. That's hot. That's so hot. Welcome to the podcast, Laurie. Thanks, Tegan. Can you please introduce yourself and tell us how you got into working within the climate movement? Sure. So I'm Laure, L-A-U-R-E, and I'm from France originally. You can probably tell from my accent, but I arrived in Australia 12 years ago. Um... I used to work in digital advertising, started my career in online uh, travel, and then moved to tech. I spent a few years at Adobe and Google. And then about three years ago, I had a sort of what you call a climate penny drop moment where I learned about climate change and realized that it was a much bigger problem than I could anticipate and a problem that would affect me and not other people. So I've been sort of trying to catch up on all these years, not doing something about it and trying to now maximize my impact. I think probably becoming a parent four years ago kind of triggered something in me as well to get involved which, um, yeah, I hear is relatively common for new parents. Um, So I've switched my job now and I'm involved with two climate-focused organizations. One is called Work for Climate and the other one is called Climate Fresk. So, yeah, we'll probably get to talk about these, uh, but that's that's it uh, for, for me in a nutshell. We're going to be focusing on talking about Work for Climate today. So can you tell me a little bit more about what Work for Climate is? Sure. So the kind of simple pitch, I guess, is Work for Climate is a platform and a community, and we help professionals take climate action specifically at work. So we have this idea that you don't need to quit your job to work on climate. I think there's a lot of people today that are getting increasingly concerned about climate change and want to do something about it. Um, Lots of people thinking about or actually making the leap to transition into climate careers and that there's a, a huge opportunity there 
to develop those green skills and um, imagine the, the workforce of tomorrow. But at the same time, we have a system that needs to change today. And inside the corporate world, we know that there's a very big opportunity for impact. So what we're saying is you don't have to move your career. You can have impact within your existing role. And in fact, probably depending on your context, but that's, that might actually be your biggest opportunity for impact. So what we do is we provide the resources, the tools and access to a community to those employees that are really feeling the sense of urgency to, to do something um, and, and who want to advance the climate agenda of their organization. So it's, it's this idea that you can change the system from the inside. Yeah, I love that so much. And we, we did a podcast episode a month or so ago with someone who started a, a coffee company called Kua. And she actually mentioned as well, like it's so important that people understand that they can work for the climate within any organization that they do, uh, that they work for. So I love this idea. And at the same time, like business has such a big role to play in solving the climate crisis. So enabling people within organizations to be able to push for stronger change is so important. So what role do, I guess, individuals have within an organization? I guess there's this idea of a, a climate entrepreneur. Are you, are you able to explain that a little bit more for us? Yeah, sure. So the climate entrepreneur is a term that we borrowed from another organization um, called the Finance Innovation Lab. And basically a climate an entrepreneur is someone working to align their organization mm. with climate goals. So again, it's this idea that um, everybody has a role to play. And I think you you said it beautifully, right? So I so before I get into that, I kind of want to start with something that has been in my mind um, from the moment I had this thought. Um, it's really important to note that when we think of companies, it's it's actually a mental construct, right? Mm -hmm. it's, it's not a thing. Like companies are, it's something that we created. Um, it's a story that we tell ourselves. And ultimately, businesses are made of people. And so there's this idea that if we made companies, then we can change them. And so I think individual employees have a role to play. Um, that role can be very different depending on your context and the organization you work in, what your skills are, what your interests are. But broadly, there's kind of two main ways to think about it. Um, first, um, there is this idea that you can make your job a climate job. So um, one of my favorite TED Talks of all time is this one from Jamie Alexander from the Project Drawdown, who introduced this idea first that every job needs to be a climate job. And you, when you think about that, it can be very abstract, right? But when you bring it down to the level of um, a specific department or um, uh, any role in the organization, 
what you do is think about the ways that you can apply mm -hmm. a climate lens to your role. And so obviously you have the direct sustainability roles. And I think historically, these roles have been kind of siloed in an organization. So you had the sustainability people over there and then every other job function over here. And the sustainability people have been trying to implement sustainability plans, climate plans, et cetera, et cetera. But um, because it wasn't necessarily integrated in the rest of the organization, it has been very difficult to kind of embed climate and sustainability in the organization. But if you think about how other functions can make their role a climate role, then the possibilities are pretty much endless, right? So it's, it's about how each function, whether it's marketing or procurement or finance or HR, list goes on and on, right? Um, can find ways to integrate climate concepts in their role. So if you take the example of um, an HR person, for example, um, one of the ways that they could make their role a climate role would be thinking about the benefits that the organization provides to employees. So instead of having um, car leasing options, why not having bike leasing options? Mm. And this is just a very uh, simple example. Yeah, or like incentivizing public transport, for example. Yes, 100%. Um, or changing the offering a... Um, ethical, sustainable superannuation yeah. fund for their employees. Um, yeah, awesome. If you're in finance, then um, you have an opportunity to kind of um, shape the um, finance plans to integrate the the premium that companies tend to pay when they make climate decisions. Mm. So things like that. Um, and uh, Project Jordan actually... Um, has a guide that they've created for every uh, job function. So this is something that um, everybody can access. Yeah, I'll definitely link the TED Talk and that guide in our show notes for the podcast episode. Yeah, it's a really awesome resource. So that's kind of the first way to think about it. Mm -hmm. And then um, there's this idea that you can do climate um, as a side of desk kind of job. So here it's the idea that employees have the power to influence decision makers. They, and, and this is very much what work for climate is about. So we're not necessarily saying that employees will implement the changes. Um, you still require technical um, experts, subject matter experts, consultants, et cetera, et cetera. But the, the role of company of employees is to, create the space and the energy and the motivation for that change to happen. So it's about um, building your allies inside the organization and finding ways to get buy-in from decision makers and finding ways to influence those decision makers. And there's lots and lots of ways to do that. And what we do is kind of, again, provide those tools and provide those resources and help people connect with others inside organizations doing that job. Um, it's a, it's a side of desk job. It's something that, you know, it's never going to be in someone's um, job description mm. or it's not on the short term, 
but uh, it's a really, really important uh, part of the part of the job. Yeah, of course. I guess from my perspective, at least in jobs I've had in the past, I've definitely noticed gaps where we could have been doing better for the environment or I wanted my boss to like take a better stance on the environmental climate. Um, but I guess in my earlier years, like after high school graduating and whatnot in those early jobs, I found that it was a lack of confidence that kept me back from asking for those things or pushing for those things. I, I think confidence is probably a huge one um, and a huge barrier for a lot of people. Other than confidence, what are the sorts of feelings that you found are stopping employees from, I guess, pushing for, for bolder action on the climate? Yeah, I mean, confidence is definitely number one. Um, so there's the um, what we see and the number one question we get, and we, we, we see people that are really concerned and they're not really sure what to do or where to start. So we know that climate climate is a hugely complex and overwhelming issue. So it's very easy to feel overwhelmed and therefore kind of put it in the it's someone else's job category. Um, so what we're trying to do is address that and kind of provide pathways for people to get started um, and not mm. instead of seeing it as this huge problem that's insolvable, um, kind of break it down into more achievable steps. Um, yeah. Then the other obstacles, I guess, are the same that we see for climate action in general. So it's the feeling that I'm too small to make a difference. Um, I'm just one individual employee. What sort of power do I have? Um, so here, I think when we see people getting together and forming a group, then the power comes from the collective. Um, so you always have this idea of power being someone influencing another person. Um, so that's, or someone having authority on another person. Um, but if you're not the decision maker, then obviously the decisions are not yours to make. And so what we see is that the power also comes from um, people gathering collectively and having a shared purpose and then and thinking about the different uh, reasons for the businesses to change um, and then and then working together to expose those reasons and build the business case, et cetera, et cetera. So the I'm too small for, to make a difference, I, I think, is solved by that um, community aspect, which is hugely important. Mm. Yeah, of course. And that community and that sense of like collectivism, I guess, works to alleviate the confidence issue because when you're with someone else or a big group of people, you feel way more confident in like approaching senior leadership teams or operations teams to sort of push for those things. Yeah, 100%. There's a few others as well. Um, mm. I, I, I think what we tend to hear a lot from employees is not really understanding what the company is doing when it comes to sustainability and climate and therefore mm -hmm. not feeling empowered to have that conversation. So it comes back to confidence a little bit, but then it's, 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 it's about education and giving people uh, the opportunity to learn. Um, mm. Some employees are 
also thinking that their company might already be doing really well and therefore there's no opportunity to improve. So I usually respectfully challenge uh, those views because I think uh, I, I can't really think of one company that's doing already everything that they could be doing. Um, and, um, and, and, and that idea that it's not their job again. So if a company has a sustainability department, then it's natural to think that, well, it's the sustainability, sustainability department's job to come up with the climate plan and who am I to say anything. But I think if you actually take the time to understand um, what the sustainability team is doing and, and, and have those conversations with them, then they would really welcome uh, other employees' help because, again, they've been sitting in isolation and they've been facing a lot of obstacles when they try to pitch for a more ambitious approach. And so um, doing that work of um, connecting and, and, and kind of agitating internally um, can be very helpful. And, and, and again, yeah, it's, it's, it's everyone's job. Um, first, it's no one's job. Then it's one person's job. And then it's everybody's job in the organization. Yeah, of course. Do you want to drive climate action at work and learn how to shift your company on climate? The Work for Climate Academy is a self-paced online course that teaches everyday employees the skills they need to help their organisation lead the way on climate. The expert-led Work for Climate Academy provides practical learning to make you an accredited climate leader. Find out more and enrol now at workforclimate.org. Climate education with a difference. How do people get access to Work for Climate sessions? So we provide a lot of tools on our platform for free. So we have, for yeah. example, playbooks that uh, describe the steps that you need to take to achieve any of the goals that we kind of recommend tackling. And until recently, we had a Slack community that people could join uh, to connect with other climate entrepreneurs, we're going to be moving that community to another platform and provide people with, it's kind of a, like a one-stop shop where they'll find all of our resources as well as um, be able to connect with other people on the journey. Um, so that community is going to be available in the next couple of weeks. People can join for free. And we also provide um, training programs that are uh, funded by companies. So if your company is keen to do more on climate, they're going to need their employees to be fully on board. Um, it's a professional development opportunity. So you should be like knocking on the door of the um, people person. And um, I think the, the most com uh, employees working in um large organizations, they have those professional development budget. Um, so, so this is an opportunity to use that budget uh, for something really meaningful and impactful. So, yeah. Yeah, of course. And I, like anyone that's listening to this ep episode today can, I guess the first thing that they could do is ask their people team to put on, uh, like get a work for climate uh, workshop in, in their business. Yeah, 100%. So we, um, we are offering those uh, corporate workshops. Uh, we can do things anywhere from just an introduction to climate change for 
um, employees to more advanced workshops where companies are thinking about their next steps. So we're not replacing consultants. That's really not our purpose. We're not technical experts, um, but we're advocacy experts. So we're helping um, companies with that um, mission of mobilizing employees and getting everyone on board. Mm, that was the next question I was going to ask, actually. So like what sort of uh, things would you be going through in, in those workshops? But it's it's awesome to know that these – it's not just like a one size fits all thing. Like it's very dependent on where your organization and your people are at. Yes. Uh, because obviously every company is at a different stage of their journey, but we do have sort of key areas of interventions that we focus on and we chose them very strategically because we know that these are the changes that need to happen in every company, but also to create the, the, um, kind of environment for bigger change at the system level. Um, and we want to be very strategic about it. So we have those uh, impact areas that we encourage employees to explore first. So mm -hmm. I've already mentioned the um, superannuation example. Um, so this is one linked to our money pillar where we want to help redirect investments or corporate investments um, away from fossil fuels and into climate solutions. And superannuation happens to be one of the easiest and most impactful ways that companies can address this um, investment area specifically. So, of course, it would be difficult for it's that um, concept of financed emissions. So um, companies and individuals um, put their money in financial institutions. Financial institutions invest that money in things that may either um, undermine the future that we want to build when they invest in um, polluting projects or fossil fuel projects um, or actually help creating the, the future we want to build by investing in renewables or other climate solutions. And so um, simple, uh, superannuation is one of the most straightforward ways that employees, whether they're individual employees moving their superannuation or organizations moving the default funds that they offer to their employees. Mm. That's one of our pillars um, the other ones being energy, so switching to 100% renewable energy or, or at least starting with electricity um, for their operations. Um, mm -hmm. The third one is emissions, so coming up with a science-aligned emission reduction and net zero target. Um and the last one is advocacy. So advocacy is all about um, companies using their voice to influence policy and regulation um, and also cre helping to create the kind of public and political environment that will enable change um, again at that um, system level. Yeah, it sounds like such an incredible workshop. And like you mentioned, all of these things and the playbooks are available on your website and you alluded to it a little bit, but 
um, what is it that you're actually launching in a few weeks' time? So we're, we have been working really hard in the last couple of months on our, the evolution of our training program. So last year, we ran a live cohort of a program called the Work for Climate Academy. The Work for Climate Academy is a sort of boot camp for uh, climate action at work. So we basically take you through those key areas of impact that I've mentioned. There's a few other elements in there as well, but um, don't want to reveal too much here. Um, <laughs> Got to keep something secret. Well, yeah, exactly, right? You want to um, get people on the website and, and check yeah. out. But um, yeah, there's details on the on the curriculum. Um, so, so what we did last year was a live cohort, but this year we wanted to go for scale um, because without scale, it's very hard to achieve impact, right? So what we did is create a digital product, um, a self-paced version of this live cohort so that anyone can get access to that content. So it's, it's um, uh, split in six modules. Everyone can sign up and take the course on their own time. Um, the six modules follow uh, that logic of the key areas of action, but we've added another super important element to it, which is what we call leadership content. So it's about helping people gaining the confidence um, to start raising their voice and learning how to influence others, learning how to shift mindsets, get buy-in. Uh, from decision makers, learning how change happens um, and the role that they can play um, inside their organization. So it's all about the the how and how to gain those leadership skills that will help them with climate work, but also more broadly in their professional development career. So I, I guess the value there is it's skills that are valuable for us in the climate movements, but it's also skills that will be valuable throughout their career in general. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, the course is, uh, is going to be all online. Um, we've added a lot of um, community elements to it so that it doesn't feel like you're doing this work in isolation because um, that would be pretty depressing, I guess. <laughs> so, so, yeah, we're helping people with that uh, learning community. So even though it's self-based, you can do it on your own time, but you have access to others on the journey with you. We do um, live events uh, every month to check in on progress um, and help people kind of overcome any obstacles that they're encountering when they're starting to experiment uh, with the work. Um, and yeah, it's an awesome course. Come in, sign up. Uh, it's gonna be cool. Yeah, it sounds incredible. Um, I'm very excited to share it when it finally launches. And I just think that that everything that Work for Climate is doing is so important. And I'm excited to be able to direct people to your website in order to learn the skills that they can implement in their own workplaces to become climate entrepreneurs. <laughs> yes, thank you. So... I'm going to put you a bit on the spot here, but to wrap up all of our episodes, we like to end with an action item that our listeners can do um, so that they can, one, get hotter and two, help the world get cooler. 
So throwing over to you, what is something that the listeners can do today or this week for the climate? Uh, So any action item? Anything. So I'm a really big fan, as uh, you've seen already, of uh, the the money pillar. So I think so. We 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 mentioned the superannuation. I want to tell every listener that if their superannuation is with any of the major traditional funds, it's very likely that um, their money is invested in things that they probably that probably don't align with their values. So definitely not hot. Um, <laughs> and if you've looked at super already, and if you're tired of me going on and on about super, uh, I can also talk about your bank because it's another area where it's really easy to take action and it has a massive impact. And if you think of the impact versus effort matrix in the climate mm. movement. It's not always easy to find those items that sit um, at the top right of the matrix. And and honestly, these actions are um, a really good example. So um, yeah. tell your bank why you're leaving open an account in one of the um, financial institutions that have committed not to... Um, get our planet hotter uh, and invest in fossil fuel projects. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And uh, that reminds me, I'll also link uh, Market Forces, which is a really great website to be able to compare your super, um, all of the superannuation funds and all of the banks to see where they stand on the climate. Yeah, yeah. Market Forces is an awesome resource. Cool. Thank you so much for joining me today. Very excited to share this with everyone. So I'm really glad that you joined us. Thank you so much for your time, Tegan. Really appreciated the conversation. (laughs) 